Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Queen's Community HealthCast. I'm Deborah Radall, your host today, along with, yes, the illustrious Elizabeth Bailey, who happens to edit all of our podcasts and makes us all sound as good as she possibly can. And she also does a little bit of work as our board coordinator. Isn't that right, Elizabeth? A little bit. A little bit here and there. That's right. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. She keeps us on the straight and narrow, and we're happy for it. Um, So we have a a really interesting guest with us here today, Elizabeth. I'm so excited. How about you? I am. I am. I cannot wait to talk to her. The first time I met her was as a speaker at an end-of-year CHB meeting, and one where I was actually test-driving the CHB to see whether I wanted to join. And I heard this very dynamic woman talking about something she was very passionate about, and that was senior safety and... She touched my heart and was obviously one of these people that could get things done. So let's let her do some talking. And I want to welcome Kim Maslin, our MLA. Welcome, Kim. Thank you so much. Good afternoon, ladies. I was very impressed with you. I've told you this before, Kim. I was very impressed when you spoke at that meeting about how passionate you were about senior safety and told us stories that were pretty important things for us to hear. Yes, absolutely. I remember that meeting and I remember you coming up to me after and thanking me for uh, coming to the meeting and and sharing the stories and and my passion for seniors who live in our communities. Uh, I'm still very passionate about seniors who live in our communities. It actually is one of the reasons why I decided to take um, my career, which was in senior safety, and look to see how I could help further. So I, I offered my name on the ballot and, and decided to run on a provincial level. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful for this opportunity today with you ladies. It certainly is a pleasure and I jump on any opportunity to have a conversation with leaders uh, in our community who care so deeply about the health and wellness of our residents. Well, that's great because your work in senior safety Certainly, I'm sure your experiences really inform the work you do now as our provincial MLA. And a lot of this stuff is probably super important these days with our seniors. And one of the priorities within our health plan that we as a community health board focus a lot on, and that is on community connections and the idea that when people are isolated or not being able to feel connected in the community, that that can have a really big impact on the health of our community. And in the times of COVID-19, it's even more challenging. Now, Elizabeth, we really want Kim to speak on not just social inclusion piece of our health plan, but all four of the priorities. And maybe if you can take a minute and just give us an overview of what they are for the people that may not be aware. Oh, sure. And first, I'll just say that we come up with these priorities in the first place by talking with people in the community and groups and individuals to see what's important to them. And we do that about once every five years. But yeah, our current community health plan, like you said, has four priorities. And they include food security, affordable housing, recreation and wellness, and community connections. And all of those have been just that much more important during this pandemic. Yeah, they really have. And so maybe since, you know, as we mentioned, the seniors connection, why don't you talk about that community connections first? Actually, when I was looking through the four priorities that that you've made as a result of community and stakeholder engagement, I must say 
that opportunities for connection and inclusion and supportive community uh, environments is my favorite. Of course, they're all very important, but you know, this one is very close to my heart. And it's close to my heart for the reasons that you outlined in the beginning and my experiences that I had as a senior safety coordinator. You know, none of these are any more important than the other. They're all part, all the priorities are all part of what a healthy community looks like, no matter what your age or, you know, your income level. But during my time in senior safety, I witnessed firsthand the serious negative health effects and well-being consequences with our seniors that were socially isolated, that were experiencing the absence of social interaction with family, friends, neighbors, and really society at large. And it is absolutely heartbreaking when you're walking to walking into a senior's home as a senior safety coordinator and they are telling you that you are the first person they've seen in weeks. It's unfathomable for me. I mean, I'm a little social butterfly here, and I'm looking to, you know, socialize all the time. And COVID has certainly certainly restricted me on many of my social interactions. But, you know, it it was very difficult to see seniors that were suffering from mental and physical health consequences from depression, from anxiety, from loneliness, seniors that have developed feelings of self-doubt, self-worth, and even suicidal thoughts. And for me, someone who, who had a close connection with seniors and who played a very important role in, in my youth and growing up, that was hard for me to watch. And a lot of our seniors, the reason why they were so socially isolated, I mean, we know that our families are very transient now, people leaving our province, they're heading to other places for work. But a lot of the times it was as simple as access to transportation and the cost associated with accessing transportation. That was the common response that I would get from seniors who basically could not be part of the community because of the barrier of transportation. So during that time, I certainly worked with programming, with groups, uh, community groups to try to uh, ensure that there was some type of supported access to community transit. And I became part of the original members of the Queen's Transit Group. I remember sitting at the Astor Theatre and licking over 700 envelopes to be distributed to people in the community so we could survey the needs of the community for transit. And it's come so far, Kim. It has. I mean, we we have an incredible transit system here now in our county. And it's not just pre-COVID. It wasn't only just moving, you know, our seniors, you know, at one point there were people of all ages from the North Queens area coming into Liverpool to watch hockey. There's so many things we can do now that we have a transit system. I think about how great it would be to do movie nights at the Astor Theatre or an afternoon, bringing people around to try curling. There's so many things that we can do. And if we look at When COVID basically shut down our communities, I look at what Queens County Transit was able to do for so many. 
delivering groceries, picking up food from the food bank, delivering it to people, delivering prescriptions. And I just saw recently here, a week or so ago, Queen's County Learning Network is situated next to me. And I watched a group of adult learners standing outside getting ready to go to the gym to have an afternoon of recreation, an afternoon of working out, great for the mental health. And they were being picked up by Queen's County Transit. So when you have transit, when you're able to move, it's just incredible. And I'm so proud of what Queen's County Transit has done in our community. It's just absolutely incredible. It's very easy to hear how passionate you are about and excited about the good works that Queen's County Transit is doing. And it was great to know that you were there to to work with them sort of from the ground up. And Kim, I mean, that's how things happen in our community. And it's the volunteers. And it's, as you said, it's not just helping seniors, it's helping all of our community members. Now, what other areas can you see based on the priorities, like around food safety and housing? What else can you tell us about your observations about those other health priorities, Kim? Well, let's start with food security. Food security is something that is very important to me and quite frankly should be to all of us. The percentage of households that are suffering from food insecurity is absolutely alarming. And I think it's important for the listeners to understand what is actually meant by food security and food insecurity. Food security means having reliable access to enough good food and healthy food. Many people don't have to worry about that. You know, it means that you and your family are not worried about paying for groceries or where your next meal might come from, or for having to cut back on food in order to pay other bills. I remember being a single parent and being in that position, cutting back on food so I could pay the power bill. And it is frightening when you're in a position like that. So then food insecurity is hunger. And it's the fear of hunger because you simply do not have enough money to buy food. And that, to me, is about as real as poverty gets. Yeah, I think you're right there, Kim. And it speaks also when you think about it is people being able to get access to food. There's a big transportation piece along that. It's like a cyclical thing, isn't it? If you can't get somewhere to get what you need, then you have hunger and then you have other issues around with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we look at the percentages of people that suffer from some level of food insecurity, and it's disturbing. I mean, in Nova Scotia, the number is 15.4%. That means one in six households are suffering from some level of food insecurity. Single women and their children are the face of those numbers. A third of single mother households right across Canada face food insecurity. And in Nova Scotia, it's more than four in 10. It leaves me with such emotion of fear for these people, of sadness, of anger. It's just, I can't believe that we are here, that people are actually going hungry every day. It's just, it's, it mind boggles me. No one should ever go hungry. 
We see it all the time. You see it in your work. We see it in our work. A healthy community means people have appropriate, safe housing as well. And unfortunately, a lot of our community members don't just have an issue with one of our health priorities. Many times, it's multiple. People who struggle with the four health priorities. And COVID hasn't made any of them really any easier. What do you see about the impacts from COVID and maybe some of the things that we might be doing that is, as a community, that's right? When we were put in lockdown during COVID, we were all doing what we had to do. We were, we were staying at home. We were listening to the messages that were giving to us every day. Our school shut down. The first thing that I said to my caucus colleagues is I worry about the children who go to school every day that are receiving their meals at the school. And it's a huge one. Uh, we have, you know, healthy breakfast programs. I've spoken to educators who share that they keep granola, they buy granola bars and put them in their office because many of our children are going to school hungry. And I have to be honest, I lose sleep about stuff like that. It impacts me personally and I worry about children and that was a big thing for me. We have incredible programs in our school for children for healthy eating, but many when they go home on Friday, they don't have access to food Friday, Saturday and Sunday. I've always been so impressed about the food program, the healthy school food program that PEI has. It's a universal school food program which I think we should have in every school right across our province. I love that idea. I absolutely love the idea about healthy universal school food program so that all kids can access healthy, affordable meal options every day when they go to school. If people want to reach you and talk to you about some of these things we were talking about today, Kim, how can they best do that? Well, you can reach me at calling my office at 902-354-5470. I'm very active on social media. Now, I know not a lot of people use Facebook, but I'm very, very active on my social media Facebook account, which is Kim Maslin, MLA for Queen Shelburne. Uh, and of course, we're located at 271 Main Street. Put on your mask, sanitize your hands and come on in and visit. I'd love to see you. If you didn't catch that address or that phone number, you can check out our show notes or Queen's Community Health Board on Facebook. We'll have that information there. Thank you, Elizabeth. Kim, I know we talked about a lot of things today, and I hope you'll come back and talk to us again. where We can deal with maybe talk about the housing priority and, and follow up on some of those things that we didn't have time to talk about today. Absolutely. I would love the opportunity to talk with you ladies at any time. You know, I'll always listen. I absolutely love being the MLA for this beautiful part of the province. And we have such tremendous people, tremendous strength in our people. And I consider this job a privilege. And I'm humbled and grateful every day. Thank you, ladies, for this, this wonderful opportunity to talk about how we work together to make sure that people living in Queens County are healthy. Thank you for that, Kim. And you're not leaving until I ask you this one last question. What is something that you want the people of Queens to know about you that they might not know already? <laughs> well, I'd be surprised that people don't know this because I 
seem to carry my little brag book with me everywhere. But I am a grandmother to a very handsome, clever five-year-old little boy. His name is Easton. And every day that I come to work, I do this for him to try to make it a better place for our next generation. Well put, Kim. Thank you again for coming. And thank you all listeners for tuning into the Community Health Cast. Thank you, ladies. For more information on today's topic, please visit our Facebook page, Queen's Community Health Board, or call me, Elizabeth Bailey, at 902-350-0478. Thanks for listening, and tune in next time to the Community Health Cast.